God, we thank you for this passage of scripture. We ask that you would guide us through it as we reflect upon your word. Help us to understand what it means for us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're currently in the midst of a pandemic, and it just so happens that it is coinciding with the time of Easter. In many ways, this is the worst possible time for a pandemic. Not that there is any good time, but Easter is the highlight of the Christian year. It is the time when we remember both the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and our entire faith is based on it. And it's hard for us knowing that we will not be able to gather together as a church on Easter Sunday. So it is a terrible time for that. But on the other hand, it actually is the perfect time because Easter is a time when we think about the suffering of Jesus. Yes, Jesus on the cross is about our atonement. It's about our salvation. It's about our forgiveness of sins. But it's more than that. It is also God experiencing our suffering through Jesus Christ. Jesus, as he was on the cross, was entering into solidarity with us in our own suffering. Earlier in the service, we had Psalm 22 read for us, and you will find many parallels between Psalm 22 and the passage that we just read from the Gospel of Luke. And Psalm 22 is about human suffering. And yes, it looks forward to the suffering of Jesus. But Jesus, when he was on the cross, was also looking back to that time when King David expressed so eloquently the kind of suffering that we all go through. So when we look to the cross, it is there that we find hope. Jesus, after he was condemned, went on a journey to the cross, and that's what we're going to look at. But as we look at that journey, we're also going to look at different ways that we respond to our own experience of suffering. So last time we saw that Jesus was condemned by the Romans, that Pilate gave the death sentence, and it was time for Jesus to be led to the cross. And Jesus was so beaten up from his interrogation that he couldn't even carry the cross himself. And Simon of Cyrene was brought in to carry the cross for him. Along the way, there were a number of women who were following along. And they began to weep and wail, mourning and grieving over what had taken place about Jesus. And they had every right to do that because Jesus was an innocent man. He was a great teacher. And it was a terrible thing that he was going to be crucified and executed in such a way. It was actually healthy for them to do it. But there is also a danger. Yes, it's important for us to grieve when bad things happen, but it is so easy for us to get stuck in that place where we never move past that experience of grief. And I've experienced something like that myself in my own life. I think about the death of both my parents. Now, my father, he had been sick for a number of years, and in fact, he ended up doing much better than the doctors expected. I remember meeting with my doctor, and he told me that he really had expected my father to have died uh, the year before, and so he was amazed at how well he had done. And so we had a lot of time to prepare for what was going to happen, 
and I was able to visit with him in the hospital, and it was a, a peaceful death with him dying at our home. My mother's experience was much different. She died of cancer, but she only found out she had cancer just a couple of weeks before she died. When we knew she was sick, we had decided that we were going to have her move in with us. We had long wanted my mom to move into our house. And this was finally our excuse to do that. And so we were looking forward to have some quality time. Even though we knew she was sick, we were hoping to have some good time with her so that she could enjoy her grandchildren. However, uh, we moved her in and it was over just one night that she was able to spend in our house. Less than 24 hours after she had moved into our house, we had to take her to the hospital and she never came home from the hospital and ended up that she died in the hospital, and I wasn't even there when she died. And I will tell you, there were many times after that, and I'm talking years after that, in which I would say to myself, I'm just not okay with this. I am not okay with the circumstances under which my mother died. And it was something that I struggled with for a long time. It was good for me to grieve her loss. That was completely normal. But I needed actually some professional help to help me move past that experience of not being okay with it. And perhaps for you right now, in the midst of the pandemic, you're saying to yourself, I'm not okay with this. I do not like having to physically restrict my movements, to not be around the people I care about, to not gather around my church family, and to not be able to do the things I want to do. And it's okay for you to say that. But it's important also for us to move past. The danger here is that we fall into the trap of despair. And despair happens when we neglect to move beyond that initial experience of grief and mourning, where we get to the point where we feel like this is all there is, and there is no hope at all. And that is a danger that anyone can experience in the midst of suffering. So we saw that the women were mourning over what was about to happen to Jesus, but there were some others who reacted in a much different way. There were others who mocked Jesus in his death. And we see that this is true both for some of the Jewish witnesses and the Roman guards as well. It cut across ethnic lines. Uh, both were willing to mock and to make fun of Jesus at his crucifixion. Actually, a crucifixion was meant for this. It was meant to be as humiliating as possible. There were easier and quicker ways to execute people, but the Romans used crucifixion because they wanted people to be humiliated. It was the best advertising for them that you don't cross the Romans. And so, so they hoped that people would mock and make fun of and, and that there would be a psychological harm as well as the physical harm. Now, it might be hard for us to imagine how anyone could do that, how anyone could respond in such a heartless way to someone who is about to experience death. But we have to remember, until relatively recently, there were public executions. In fact, in the last public execution in the United States, which was in 1936, there were 20,000 people who gathered to watch the execution. 20,000. Can you imagine people gathering together to watch the death of a human being, just as they would gather together to watch a baseball game or a hockey game. It is absolutely terrible. During this time of the pandemic, I have been spending a lot of time, really too much time, on social media. 
And one of the things I've noticed is that people are responding in a really bad way. Not everyone, but there are a lot of uh, posts that people place that are very mean-spirited towards specific people about what is happening in this pandemic. I'm not talking about people who are making jokes or, or making light of things. Uh, I'm as happy to make jokes uh, as anyone, and uh, you'll find that I, I do do that. But I'm talking about biting comments where they're attacking people in such mean-spirited ways. It is absolutely terrible. Uh, my experience, both as a pastor and just as a, a regular guy, is that uh, a crisis like a pandemic or, or anything else, that these things, these circumstances, bring out both the best and the worst of people. And what we're talking about here is how it brings the worst, where people can respond in such hateful ways towards others. Why do people do that? Perhaps it's to protect themselves. They feel that they can't face their own feelings, their own anguish. And so they take those emotions out on other people. They hope that if they do that, if they spend their emotional energy attacking another person, making fun of another person, making nasty comments, that they won't feel the inner pain that is really there. But the truth is, when people do that, it's not beneficial to anyone. So we may take our feelings out on ourselves. We may take our feelings out on other people. But there is a third option. We don't have to do those first two things. And the third option is one of my favorite passages in the passion story that is found in this passage. If you've seen Easter paintings, very often you'll see a hill with three crosses on it. And the reason for that is that Jesus was not crucified alone. He was crucified with two thieves. And one of those thieves began to make fun of Jesus, to mock him, and to give him a hard time, to make that situation even worse. But the second thief responded in a different way. He rebuked that first thief and told him to stop, that they were suffering because they deserved it. But Jesus, he was an innocent man, and that he did not deserve what was taking place. But then he says something really interesting. He calls out to Jesus in faith, and he acknowledges that Jesus has a kingdom, and he asks him to remember him when he comes into that kingdom. And I want you to really think carefully about what is happening there. He's calling out to Jesus in faith at Jesus's weakest. Now just imagine, picture in your mind, Jesus nailed to that cross, uh, bleeding from various places of his body, uh, a crown of thorns in complete pain and suffering. And in that, the thief still looked at him and saw someone that he was willing to call out to in faith. It is something that is absolutely amazing. And as I said, he asked Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. Here, we see that the thief is acknowledging the kingship of Jesus. We looked last week at how Pilate and Herod heard about Jesus as the king of the Jews, but they didn't believe. But the thief, he did believe. He acknowledged the true kingship of Jesus. 
And Jesus responded in a very interesting way there. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. That because of the thief calling out in faith, he was going to join Jesus in paradise. Now, paradise is a Persian word that simply means garden. And we're meant to look back to the Garden of Eden. Now, that's not to say that Jesus and the thief were physically going back to the actual Garden of Eden described in Genesis. Rather, it is talking about that uh, Eden-like place where the presence of God is so real. If you remember the, the story of the Garden of Eden, how Adam and Eve would walk around and they would walk in the garden with God. That's the kind of experience they would be. They were going to heaven. They were going to the place where God's presence was truly real. They could have, the thief could have responded with despair. He could have responded with an attack, but instead he responded by calling out in faith. And that's our experience as well. We have to make a choice. What are we going to do? Definitely, in a time like this, when we are in a worldwide crisis, we need to call upon Jesus in faith. We need to throw ourselves on Jesus and his mercy. And what we find in this passage here is that uh, the thief didn't know everything. He didn't know all the plans of Jesus. But in a very simple way, he called out to him. And it's that same kind of simple faith that we need to call out to Jesus. I want you to think about it. Jesus uh, received this call by the thief while he was being crucified. The thief called out upon Jesus as a crucified Messiah. We know Jesus as the risen Messiah. So how much more should we be able to call upon Jesus in faith? Eventually, we're going to get through this pandemic. One day, the pandemic will be ended. We will be able to walk the streets. We'll be able to sit in restaurants. We will be able to gather together in a church. But another crisis will come. Now, hopefully, it won't be a worldwide crisis the way we have right now. But more crises will come. And we have to decide, how are we going to respond? Are we going to fall into despair? Are we not going to stop after that initial experience of grief and mourning? Are we going to fall into that pit that draws us down and stops us from uh, reacting and acting the way we really want to? Are we going to mock others? Are we going to attack other people in our own pain? Or are we going to be like the criminal who gives the best response, calling out to Jesus in faith? We don't need to know all of the answers. In fact, I don't think that this thief had any inkling that Jesus was going to rise from the dead on the third day. All he knew is that he had a need for Jesus, and Jesus was the king, and he called out to him. We don't have all the answers. We don't know all the things that are happening. We don't know all of God's plans, but we too can call out to Jesus in faith. That is enough for us, and we need to remember, if we do this, paradise awaits. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the faith of the thief. That even though he had made mistakes in his life, that he had been condemned rightfully, unlike Jesus, that he still was willing to humble himself and to call upon Jesus. Jesus nailed to the cross. Jesus bleeding. And that Jesus responded with mercy. 
inviting the thief to join him in paradise. God, you know all of the situations that we are going through right now, especially in terms of the pandemic. And God, we pray that you would receive our faith, as simple as it might be, as faltering as it might be, that you would know that we are calling upon Jesus as King, and that we would one day, when our time comes, join you in paradise. Amen.